You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hey friends! You know, sometimes I kick off with a disclaimer or a warning that this episode is not for young ears. But today, I'm going to venture to say it's completely the opposite. Callie Logan is back, and my daughters are joining us today as well. Callie's been here before, and we talked about her first book, Hang In There, Girl. And believe it or not, she's already got another book releasing. Callie's a high school history teacher, and she also serves as a small group leader and mentor to high schoolers. She seeks to challenge her students to develop deeper relationships with God and to live fearlessly and authentically to the calling God has specifically for them. So I think I'd want to start by introducing my girls so that their voices are recognizable. And then Callie, we're just going to hang out. So girls, why don't you start off and tell us who you are? We can go in age order. Okay. I'm Ruthie. I'm 19 and I'm currently getting ready to intern uh, over the summer with a local ministry. I'm Sarah and I'm 16 and I'm a sophomore in high school. Okay. I'm Clarity. I'm 14 and I'm just doing school. Yep. You're just doing school. Okay. So now it's going to make sense why I've invited my girls to join us today and why you listeners, I'm telling you to invite your daughters to listen because Callie has written a book that is going to be of interest for their stage in life right now. So Callie, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, anything we haven't covered, and, and then let's just jump into this new book that you've written and the whole content behind it. Yeah. Hey, I'm Callie. So <laughs> uh, since we're doing ages, I'm, I'm 30, I'm a 31. So just <laughs> <laughs> for fun. Um, yeah. And I, I think you covered it pretty well. I'm a history teacher and I've been doing that now. This is finishing up my sixth year doing that getting towards the end of the school year. And I'm so excited about this book. This book is actually a book that's been uh, this month, 12 years in the making, technically. Um, wow. So I'm excited to dig in and, and share my story. And there was quite the God story behind it too. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it today and answer any of the questions the girls have. And yeah. So you were actually about Ruthie's age when you started on this project. Yes, I was. Yep. But having no idea that it would one day be a book. Oh, no idea in the world. <laughs> I uh, I actually kind of hoped that I would actually not just trail off and stop writing the letters because um, Dear Future Husband, and the kind of idea sparked. I was graduating high school, uh, so I was 18, almost 19 at the time, and um, I just kind of had it in my heart, you know, life was changing so fast, and I have always just been a hopeless romantic at heart, and I it was very, very evident <laughs> that my future husband was nowhere in sight in my little world at the time. And I was sad because I wished he was. And I thought, well, by the time he meets me, I'm going to be a totally different version of me, maybe. Or I really want to share these moments and things with him. And so I just loving writing. I was like, well, what if I just wrote it all down? And I just kind of made almost like a, a message in a bottle for him. Uh, so I started doing that. And then here, 12 years later, I'm still doing that. So, mm-hmm. Well, that is, we, we dream a lot about our future spouse when we're young. And I remember working at a summer camp. Um, my camp name was Giddy, G-I-D-D-Y, because, you know, life was fun and silly. And uh, so I made this little book, another campmate and I, we both made little books and mine was called Giddy's Book of Manly Qualities. And uh, it's over in my hope chest somewhere. The girls may have seen it. Um, I had some little, I drew some really terrible pictures because I'm not an artist. Like I drew a picture of a shovel and I was like, he's going to be a hard worker. And then I drew a picture of a Bible. He's going to love the Lord and study his Bible. And he's, you know, and so I had made this cute little book and uh, saving to, to refer to almost even. Um, and in that way, it was some occasionally when I was dating somebody, I would get out that book and I thought to myself, do they hit this mark? Do they, you know, do they love the Lord? Are they working hard? 
Um, do they pray? And so it was also kind of like a almost a guideline for me uh, as a young woman as I navigated my world. Oh, I love that so much. Now, can I ask you when you did meet your husband, did he did he fill every box? I think so. I, I think that. he did. Yeah. I think that's such a testament of Psalm 37, four of God giving you the desires of your heart, mm, but I think God yeah. authoring those desires in your heart and you seeing that truly evident in him. That's so cool. Yeah. And it was cool to have a piece of paper to look back on and yeah. refer to, you know? Yeah, it was good. Something tangible. Love that. Mm-hmm. So actually, I don't think we said the name of the book yet. So let's jump off with that. So it's called Dear Future Husband, and it is a series of letters that you've written. Is that right? It is. Yeah. So it kind of chronicles, it starts me as when I started writing the letters at 18, but it's not specifically or overtly me. Um, I really tried to make it open. So a lot of the topics that are covered are ones that, you know, other people maybe didn't fully experience, but they more than likely uh, can relate to because I, I didn't want women just reading an autobiography of my 20s, you know, yeah. I really wanted them to see themselves in the letters. Mm-hmm. And I really try and hit and hone in on a lot of spiritual growth. And um, the second half of the book really is about preparing to be a wife. Um, and a lot of the different uh, things in the season of pruning and winnowing that lasted a very long time that the Lord took me through, just realizing things that he wanted to shift or pivot in me uh, and refine me to really be the woman that he designed me to be. So the book does have prayers and hopes and aspirations for that future husband. It chronicles kind of the changing of life, but it really does talk about that relationship with God and the becoming of the woman that God dreamed you to be. Mm. You mentioned that a little bit earlier, like that the same woman that I am now is not the one that I was 12 years ago when I started reading, reading, or when I started writing all of these letters down. And I think that's really important. We think uh, we want to do everything immediately. We want things to happen fast, but it we are under constant refining and things that we need to learn to, for God to bring us to this point. Mm-hmm. Ruthie, go ahead. Okay, so then without giving away too much from your book, what what like advice would you give to young women like my age or younger or even older that is advice centered around ways that they can be refining their faith and refining their who they are to be prepared to have a husband someday? Oh, I love that question so much. Well, you know, I, I had referenced Psalm 37, four earlier, and I love that verse and that it's delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts. And when we delight ourselves in God, um, we are finding ourselves in joy and, in just awe of who God is. Right. And that changes us. It changes because when we're in God, we're not caving to the ways of the flesh. We're not caving to the ways of sin. We are in his perfect embrace. And so the things that he's developing in us become the things we are desiring. And I am a firm believer that God knows exactly who you're going to marry and exactly the mate that person needs, but also who you need to be for, for the duty that you have, you know, as, as somebody on this earth, as, as a, you know, light bearer for God. Um, to carry out. So I think my advice would be to honestly ask the Lord, what do you desire for me to be desiring? What are qualities, you know, like, as your mom said, you know, what are some qualities that for yourself and for a future husband that you want to be looking for? Because it might not be the same, the things that your mom desired in a husband, God placed those seeds in her heart. But for you, your spouse might have different qualities and one's not better than the other. They're just different because you're different people. And, um, and God crafted you to be so. So I, I would say that, and I think just not growing weary that sometimes that process takes a little time because God doesn't waste a single ounce of your time. There's not a grain of sand in that hourglass of your life that God's going to waste. So trusting him that if he's having you wait, then it is for perfect timing. So that it can be exactly aligned for your certain path and trajectory. And that's hard sometimes because we really, we really want it like now, you know, <laughs> it'd be great. Um, but I think too, looking around the small little things and just enjoying that path and that journey that, you know, you have kind of like a hike, you know, like this whole, this whole path that you get to walk and it's just for you. When I was 
17, 18. I did expect this thing to happen really quick, right? I, I was working at a summer camp and I thought, uh, I, I don't need to go to college someday because I'm just going to get married and be a wife and a mom. And then it was like, I was 18 and it wasn't happening. I was 19 and it wasn't happening. And I was like, why is this taking so long? Like, come on. And Callie, I was 22, I think it was when I got married. And in retrospect, it's not that long. I, I was still married young, but you're 31. And how do you like emotionally reconcile that? Like it's so long. <laughs> I think there's been a wrestling, but I actually said this this week. I said, you know, I'm grateful uh, for the times where I do have to wrestle with God. Uh, Cause I think about Jacob a lot wrestling with the angel of the Lord. Right. But I'm grateful because it, that develops relationship because I'm talking to God and I'm sitting to listen for a response back. I'm mm -hmm. restless until he gives me peace. And um, God's not a vending machine. You just press a button, you get what you want. He's not a magic eight ball, yes or no, or ask later. And I love that because, you know, it's developing that relationship with God and that rapport. Mm -hmm. So it is definitely something I've wrestled with <laughs> throughout my twenties, because in my heart, I was of the same esteem. I, I didn't really even desire to go to college that much. I did end up going, but I was like, no, I just, I just want to get married. And I, I like really just wanted to be a wife and a mom and, and, and do that whole thing. And, and God had this whole different trajectory than I did. But I think it was like coming into the realization that it wasn't lesser just because God had a different story than what I had assumed I would get or what I had planned on or what I had hoped for originally. And he's, given me, I think too, looking at the ample opportunities he's given me of just how grateful I am for that space and time of wounds he wanted to heal from being a teenager in different occasions to adventures he let me go on. Mm -hmm. I moved halfway across the country for a while and got to live out this crazy, wonderful adventure doing that. And I, I don't think that would have been possible or if it was, I think it would have been a lot harder you know, as a wife to do that. And, and so I'm grateful. I, I'm trying to count it all as joy, as Paul says, you know, and, and look at the things that like, God did know that this was the right timing. And two, I think I look at it. I'm a firm believer that the children he will one day give me have a very specific timing to be on this earth. So mm. just coming into that um, hope that their timing is very vital and very important. And so the time that he's using now where I'm not married is, is worthwhile too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in gardening, you prepare the soil before you yeah. get to have that growth and, and that soil preparation is so important. Yeah. And I think the last thing I would say is just really coming into enjoying being in my own skin. I remember when I was in high school, the uh, Enchanted movie came out uh, with Amy Adams. And Carrie Underwood had a song on there that was like, you might even like enjoy being you or you might even be glad to be you. That was the lyric. I remember listening to that and I was like, why would I ever enjoy being me? <laughs> like, Because all I want, you know, I kept wanting to be someone else. I wanted to be skinnier, prettier, funnier, like all of these different things. And I recently heard that song again. And I thought, you know, I think for the first time in my life, I can actually stand and say, I would never, I would not want to be anyone else but me. I'm really happy with the quirky, weird little self God made me to be, and I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm really glad that I can go into the rest of my life just actually being really happy to be me and comfortable in my skin. So this is something actually that I've thought about on my own. And hearing you talk, I'm like, this is a perfect question. There's this feeling of like this season of waiting, this season of singleness is like painful and like, I hate it and I just want to be married. But I've thought on my own that part of that comes from just how we idolize marriage and how we put marriage on this pedestal. And we talk about how like, oh, marriage is when life really starts. But what do you think about that? Is marriage something that we've idolized? Is it something that we need to work on stopping? Or is it just, you know, something that happens and it's whatever? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that question. Good job. <laughs> um, no, I think that's great. Well, I do think it's actually become quite an idol because an idol by definition is anything that is placed between that we are giving more of our love, heart, and esteem to than God, or it's something that is between God and us. So when we're putting marriage as an idol, 
we're saying I want to be married more than I want to be what God wants me to be right now. And we're saying like, I want this more than God. And that's a hard truth for us to like come into like reconciliation with sometimes because it's like, oh man, you know, like, well, I'm like, I don't want to feel like that. It's uncomfortable, you know? Um, and I think, you know, there's almost this hard situation too. in that a lot of times, even within the church, we almost, women often don't feel validated unless they're married. I remember a few years ago, um, I was with a team. I was a youth group leader for some high school girls and they wanted to do kind of a relationships panel thing. And the youth pastor and his wife were married and there were a lot of other married couples. And I was like one of the only single people who volunteered and they, <laughs> they didn't mean it to come across this way, but they pointed at me and they're like, well, Callie, you can just talk about Paul and being called the singleness. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not, that hurts. <laughs> like, that's, that's not what God told me. He hasn't set me in like, that's my whole trajectory in life. But mm-hmm. I felt, and then later I brought up something and they were like, well, you're not married. So you don't understand. Oh, and I felt so invalidated. And it does not be airing grievances of that occasion. Cause I don't think that was their heart's intent, but I remember feeling so invalidated and almost kind of like this, Oh, well, I'm not good enough because I'm not married. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my entire worth is dependent upon that ring. Um, and I had to break agreement with that and realize, no, I am who God says I am. And just because I'm here now does not mean that's where I stay. Um, and I do have something of value to bring to the table. I do have something of worth to say. And I think we see that a lot throughout the gospel with Jesus too. He didn't only talk to married women, you know, the women in the Bible, most of the women he actually talked to and, and had a discussion with in the Bible were actually not married, you know, and, and it didn't, but it did not matter. They weren't suddenly made like you're allowed to talk to Jesus if you are married or you can only talk to Jesus if you're not. There wasn't that degradation. So So what are some words we can use in a better way? What's a better way for us to in for us as women to engage the single women at our churches in our interactions and and the young women to to just be able to to explain, like you said, that wasn't their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we do better? I love that question. Um, yeah, I, I think asking what their story is, because more than likely they've at least, you know, I think God has relationships at times to, for people to learn lessons, even if it's not end game. So asking, you know, what have you experienced or what have you seen or what, what stories can you bring to the table that might be different? What's your perspective on this or what are the real and honest things that you're feeling during this season of your life? Or how can we, you know, support you and encourage you? How, how can we specifically pray? What do you feel like God is calling for you during this season? Or what do you feel that God is saying for you long-term and how can I partner with you in prayer? And I, I actually have a few friends who have come to me and said, Hey, I would love if you would partner with me to be in prayer for God to bring a man into my life. And I had one friend in particular, Kyla, she, uh, she got out of one relationship and she was, enter- you know, she was entering to just kind of the season of being single. And she asked if I partner with her in prayer and so we did. And so weekly we would pray and, um, and she's actually dating someone now who I, I think I'll probably marry, but, um, <laughs> but it's been really sweet to see how prayed for this man has been and, and being in that partnership. And it was an honor to me to get to like engage with her in prayer for this person before we even knew who his name was or anything. Mm-hmm. I see a parallel with um, how we engage uh, single women in conversation to even those that are married and are waiting for a baby, because that's like another, you know, it's, it's that period of waiting and waiting well. And the things we say and how we interact can really make that a smooth thing. You know, some people are waiting for a baby because they're choosing to wait. Some are waiting because it just hasn't happened or because they're struggling there. And we can be extremely insensitive if we choose the wrong conversation, the wrong way to converse about it. Mm. Um, And I think that same would hold true here is um, maybe not limiting our conversations for one thing. And I guess that's why, you know, as Ruthie and you guys are saying about 
marriage being an idol, if that's the one conversation we tend to go to and a young person, that's the one answer we want to get out of them is, hey, when are you going to get married? Hey. And then later on, hey, you're married now. When are you going to have the baby? We're really limited in understanding, like you said, hey, what's God doing in your life? Just sit down and tell me what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. I want to share your world. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a really great comparison. Yeah, totally. It's, it's kind of, for me, it makes me think about how our, our relationships on earth are meant to be a picture of like God's relationship. And we're supposed to be, you know, living, trying to mimic Christ and that like that hyper focus around marriage and around, Oh, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have whatever? In some ways, whenever I hear stuff like that, I'm always like, but really like, yeah, sit down and let's talk about your relationship with God because like, and this is so silly, but I was thinking about, I think about my, my own future marriage a lot and my own kids a lot. And I think, well, my kids, when I get to heaven, they're not going to be like my kids, my kids anymore, because we'll all be children of God together. And it's like, you'll still be like my kid, but like, is that like, you know? And so in a way I'm like, well, it's really awesome to have a husband on earth. It's really awesome to have kids on earth. And I'm really excited and looking forward to that. And I think it's going to be amazing. But when we get to heaven, we're all going to be just brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's like, we put this idolize like this, we put this idol around marriage of like, this is everything. It's the most important part of your life. But it's like that marriage isn't even going to exist, not to diminish marriage, but like that marriage is simply a picture of Christ's relationship with the church. And when that's fulfilled, when we get to heaven, it's like, well, it's fulfilled. Like it's you're already you're here. Like you're you're the bride. You're here. Like, so I feel like that for me, at least helping me to not bog myself down for not being married or not having a boyfriend or in a serious relationship. It helps me to like remind myself that, you know what, I would love to be married and marriage is so awesome. But in the end, like my end goal is heaven. Like my end goal is to be the bride of Christ. And so I'm like, if I live my whole life and I don't get married and I just get to be the bride of Christ someday, amen. That's what I want. Like, I'll be happy, you know? But then there's also, you know, there's a little bit of me that's like, I just do want to be married just to maybe a little bit, you know? <laughs> like, but still. Love your heart yeah. so much. Oh my gosh. My kindred is like, Yes. <laughs> Well, and you think about that. What is the purpose of our life? If we go and we look at the step back and look at the bigger picture, the purpose of our lives to love God and enjoy him forever, right? And and there wasn't like the purpose of our life is not to get married and Mm -hmm. love God and enjoy him forever, right? So, yep. Yeah. And marriage in itself, you know, like any, any, like, I think anyone who is married will tell you it's, it's not that is not heaven, you know, like it's, it can be so good. And it can be, I, I believe, you know, very um, reminiscent of, of Eden and God's heart for marriage, but, but it's not the end all be all. And we are, you know, it's, it's a teamwork working towards heaven too. Well, I think as a married person, I could say, and, and representing married women, I could tell you that marriage is a refining in us. It is something where we learn more about ourselves we learn more about God. And as a single person, you are not excluded from being able to learn more about yourself and mm-hmm. learn more about God. I wonder, has writing these letters really helped you? Has has that been a learning process to let you learn more about yourself? Yeah, I think just even just kind of getting it out and processing it outwardly. Um, and some, I don't, I did not photocopy the letters, you know, of the original actual ones, but I did open up the box. Uh, they're all in the shoe box. And um, I read them and it was a really cool experience talking and having just basically a conversation with myself over the past, you know, at the time when I started writing the book, it was, it was 11 years and just kind of getting a good glimpse of, of who yesteryear me was. Um, and I really did see, like I was figuring out things about myself in the process and that was really cool. Um, and I was really grateful for that. What made you decide to write the first letter? Good question. Um, so I was nearing my high school graduation cause it was in April of 2011. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I, it was a couple of things, um, but my heart just, I had this feeling in my heart of, 
I was never boy crazy in high school ever. Um, and I didn't even date anybody in high school or anything, but I went to a sleepover and we were all just kind of talking about guys and, you know, crushes and whatever. And I started to actually really take seriously the desire that I did want to be married one day. And instead of taking it in my own hands, I actually started praying about it. And I was like, Lord, if that is a desire that you have for me or you have planned you have for me, would you navigate, would you guide me and show me how to navigate that? Um, and that's when I kind of got inspired to start doing the letters. It was like shortly thereafter. I think it was a few weeks after. You mentioned like praying for your future spouse. Why do you think it's so important to do that? Because he is living and breathing and walking around on this planet. And you need prayer. I need prayer. He needs prayer. You know, and I, I think about, I am very curious because there are times in my life where I've had, you know, just you have those seasons where it is really rough. And, and it is a hard, hard winter. And there are times where I have felt just a peace come over me. And, you know, later I will hear a friend tell me that they were praying for me. And I was like, how did you know that, you know, like, they'll be like, oh, you were really on my heart. And I was like, oh, well, like, I was having a really bad day that day. Um, and so I believe in the power of prayer. And I, you know, even if the other person doesn't know. And so I think you lifting up your future spouse, you know, he needs that prayer and he might be going through his own valley season right now, or he might be figuring out who he is in God. And I really do believe, you know, it says that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful. And I believe that is true for women too. Um, so I think God hears your prayers and, and can, he knows your husband, even if you don't. So he knows how to help your husband in the way he needs in that moment. So like prayer, I maybe think about you saying that made me think about when, when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray and he walks them through all of that. And we've been talking about your letters and talking about how they're there and they're written. But, um, I've tried to do that. I've tried to start like to write letters to my future husband and I always get lost and I never know what to write. I never know how to write it. I never know. Like, so was there a format that you followed or was it just a, let me just write my day. And it's like a diary entry or was it specifically like every single thing was labeled dear future husband and everything was, you know, formatted for, like perfectly. Good question. Um, all of the above <laughs> is the real answer. Um, so, some of them, I love it. Cause I opened up the letters. Some of them, I was like, I found this really pretty leaf and I thought it was really cool. So I put it in here <laughs> um, or I'd like press a flower or something and I'd like put it in the envelope. So for the book, they're all very formatted, right? Um, and it kind of goes through like there's, uh, you know, kind of an inspiration to get the reader thinking and then a prayer and then it moves on. But for the real letters, some of them, it was like a diary. Some I was just downright complaining because I was agitated that he wasn't there and I needed someone to talk to. Some it was a memory I just wanted to share. Um, some, it was the most random thing I could possibly think of, but at the moment it felt really important that I say that I really hope we get like, you know, a cat and we name it Edelweiss and, <laughs> and all this different stuff. I love sound of music. Well, so it was kind of all different formats, but I, I realized it, it didn't, I don't think it really matters. And I, my, I don't think he's going to be agitated that there wasn't a, an overall consistent format because I, I think it's kind of like how you know you might send a friend a text or you might see them in real life or you might write them a little note on a sticky note or you might write them a whole letter I think you know when you do that it's it's the heart behind it well that makes me feel a lot better because anytime I try I'm like oh goodness there there should be like this should be easy to read and it's not easy to read and oh what if he sees this someday yeah that makes me feel a little bit better and I will tell you too, it's actually like some of them, I was like, oh my gosh, should I just throw this away? I should just throw this away. Like, yeah, yeah. And I kept them. I didn't throw anything away because I thought, no, that's who I was that day. And he might find that delightful. And I thought about if he, for some reason, I mean, I, I don't expect, I have zero expectation of this, but if for some reason he had done the same thing, I would be so grateful and delighted to see him through the years and all the quirks and anything. So. 
That was one of my questions, Callie. Like, could you imagine if he had been doing the same kind of a thing and you took out your stack of letters and remembrances and he took out his stack and and just sitting and mapping them out like on a timeline? Wouldn't that just be amazing? (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. I hope he did. I think we have a movie plot for that. I love that. That should be a movie. That. Yes, I really do. (laughs) Yeah, that would be so cool. So all the letters that you wrote did not make it into the book then, right? There's definitely some gleaning that's been done. Yeah, there are over 300. So that would have been a very long book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I, so I actually, I went through and I read all of them and I targeted and pinpointed the ones that I felt like either seasonally had like the biggest life change, spiritually had the biggest uh, awakening or valley. And then just the different things that in prayer, I felt like the Lord was saying needed to be said. Like there's a a letter on talking about resolving conflict. Um, There's a love languages letter. Um, There are things like that. So just kind of giving that um, time as well. You know, I'm curious too, uh, over this, over a decade, like you were saying on that growth journey, there's probably things that you looking back retrospectively can see places where you needed to grow. And even from the age of 18, where you wrote it down to maybe the age of 22 or 24, you read it now as someone in your thirties and go, wow, I really did need to grow. And I see that growth. I hit that milestone and you know, so I wonder if you've gone back and even seen answers to prayer in the short term uh, that were in your letters as you went to review them for this book. Oh, most definitely. Well, I, I just think too, just acceptance of self and coming more into being comfortable in myself was such a big thing. Um, and not being afraid to, I was never ashamed, but I was often very fearful to share my faith uh, with people. I get nervous. And I think just becoming more comfortable and and sharing faith and, and, you know, and my mistakes too, you know, it's, we don't often like talking about the places where we, we failed or we messed up or we were in great despair. So I think just even seeing God bring me through those times or the questions I had uh, career wise of what God wanted me to be doing Uh, in college, I really had a hard time trying to figure out what I wanted to do long-term. Uh, for a job. And it was, that was super evident through the letters, just kind of that wrestling of like, what should I do? And then I actually ended up working for Apple for two years out of college before I started teaching. So just kind of like watching that navigation of like, God knew everything. I just had to follow the breadcrumbs. (laughs) So So speaking of like, self like confidence, finding, you know, your identity and figuring out who you are and stuff. What is like, what is the importance and like what really what role does self-acceptance and gaining that confidence what role would you say that that plays in like a potential future marriage or like all that stuff like what does that play yeah I think I think a lot of that you know I think about Adam and Eve because they were the only only humans ever for a very short time period but for a time period to ever have a perfect marriage that was a perfect match a perfect marriage and because it was before the fall and before the serpent and all of that. So I think about when looking at what is an ideal marriage, I'm like, well, we have to look to Eden. We have to see before the fall, what it looked like and how Eve was his helpmate and his counterpart, you know, in being a rib. And I really looked at like, well, what does it mean to be that rib and what that person needs and not, you know, it, it really like letting God shape that and letting God shape you into what it means to be that rib and realizing that uh, you can exist as that rib on your own and then seeing the joy of how that will fit in one day with, with the person that God has for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think too, realizing that God has a really specific calling on your life for the kingdom. You were of all the time that you could be born and all, you know, the thousands of years that humans have been on this earth, he chose this exact time for you to be here. Um, and, and not overboasting yourself, like, you know, but, but looking that, no, my life does matter. And I have a really important, I have an intentional timing and intentional purpose. And so I want to step into God spent all this time making me. 
So I don't want to put on what everyone else is saying I am. I want to just take that off and truly unmasked be who I am. Right. Like in this, in this, like in the same way that Adam and Eve were completely like unmasked before each other and their marriage is perfect because they had, they were, com- they were, com- it was not that Eve was trying to overcome Adam or Adam was trying to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, be this overpowering. It was that they were, they were, um, their individual selves as their own people, but they were together in this perfect marriage. And that's like, at least I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand at least verbally, um, when you like they they were they were separate and they understood their value and their relationship that they had with god but at the same time it was a togetherness of like that marriage was the their their two selves brought together yeah yeah 100% yep there's um like lots of different courses that mm-hmm. if you do study on like they can pull a certain amount of weight on their own like they actually have that full capability to like you know pull loads on their own but when you put them together they can actually do like exponentially more it's not just double it's actually like triple or quadruple and so I think about it a lot like that where on your own you have full capability mm-hmm. you know to carry the load and to to do that job but then when God puts you with you know the one of your kind right then like how much more you can guys can do together yeah yeah um what made you decide to like how would you like decide oh I'm gonna write a book about the letter that's a good question. I didn't decide that. <laughs> so, <laughs> did um, you resist it? I did <laughs> a little bit, just a little slight. So, I have every morning. Uh, the Lord has asked me to not have my phone near me. I don't pick up my phone first thing in the morning. I try not to, um, but to spend my time with Him instead, and then get into the hustle and bustle. Um, so I have my coffee with Christ, is what I call it. And so I, I make a cup of coffee and I, I hang out and I have quiet time with the Lord. And one particular morning. Um, I'm just sitting there, just listening, just in listening prayer. And the Lord speaks to my heart and says, what would you think of writing a book about the letters you've written to your husband? (laughs) They're so vulnerable. They're so, to me, so sacred. Um, And I was like, I I can't say no to you, God, because you're you're the Lord. But like, I'd rather not is my answer. But if you ask me to do such a thing, I would, I will do whatever you would ask me to do, Father. So literally, and I kid you not, 24 hours later, I get an email from the publisher and, and, and hang in there, girl. I had had a real small footnote about these letters um, because working with youth and talking with high school girls, they always got super inspired by them. So I had like a paragraph about it in the first book and they emailed me and they said, hey, we were going through the draft because we were still in the draft process. It hadn't been published yet. And they were like, we're going through the draft and we noticed this section here on these letters that you've written. We're kind of captivated by that. We had another letters book that was entirely a different perspective of this woman um, and a health journey she went through. They're like, what would you think of writing a book about the letters to your future husband? And I had about passed out. <laughs> so, um, no, not quite. I was like, well, that's funny. You should ask that. God asked me the same thing literally 24 hours ago. <laughs> so I, I realized God had a purpose and he was just looking for my obedience and my yes. Um, and so it really was like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to acquiesce, you know, like and reluctantly say, yes, I'm going to step forward and also say, yes, father, if this is your will, then I will do it. Uh, and that was actually kind of the, the conduit and the spark of what actually made it into a book. So would you say that when we, we talked about earlier about God, you know, he gives you the desires of your heart, but he's also the one who supplies those desires. Would you say that um, being able to speak to young women through this book had become part of like a, a desire of your heart to be able to talk to people and be able to share just the the growth that you went through, even though it was vulnerable? Honestly, yes. Because uh, like you were saying about, you know, looking onward towards heaven, realizing that my life is not about me. My life is about God. And I'm so grateful for the voice he's given me and the platforms and that he could use me as a vessel. And so whether I would be a vessel, you know, just doing just about anything, I'm really grateful that he would use me as a vessel, especially to speak to young women, because I think it's a, a really, you know, God has such a heart for young people. and I think that's a really high honor to give that to me and let me do that. And so I want to handle that with care 
and with you know the utmost of care really so I'm I it really has become a, a desire of my heart and I think too you know I was the oldest in my family I didn't have a big sister growing up and I really wanted one <laughs> Um, and I did have some cousins and I had some people who spoke into my life and that meant a lot to me, but I really just had this growth and desire of wanting to be that for, for other young women so they didn't feel so alone in their journey. And I know a lot of people who, you know, they're well into their thirties and they're still believing that God has his best for them. And so just, you know, I want this book to speak to women of any age who are, who are waiting on God. So for it be a husband or a baby or a job or you know, an opportunity, something that God planted in their hearts. So I am really grateful. And I think he did fulfill that desire that I wanted just to be used as a vessel. And I just didn't know how he was going to do it, but I am really grateful for that. So you're a church small group leader. Do you think, have you ever like talked to the girls about the letters and like, have any of them written letters to their future husband? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so my church girls did it, but I, uh, high school, we would take the kids to this camp every year and they had me as the high school small group, kind of small group. It was like a bunch of high school girls leader. And I don't know how we got on the conversation, but we started talking about it. So then everybody made a little journal and we all actually made these little scrapbook things in my office when we got back from the trip. <laughs> And so I'd have them all, they could all come in my office and we all have like kind of an arts and crafts time. And it was just the sweetest thing because they were in study hall or whatever. And so we all like made these journals and they all started writing little letters and stuff. And so I don't know if they continued on with it, but it was a really sweet little occasion we did. Maybe this partially was already asked, but okay. So I'm, I'm 19. I haven't been waiting that long at all. In fact, most of my teenage years, I did not want to get married, but even in the short time that I've been waiting, it is, it's not easy. It's definitely hard, but how, I don't know how to word it. How do you, how does it, how do you make it easier to wait and go through a season of waiting? Like what is, what is, what are the things that you do to make it not as, I don't know if the word is painful, but like mm-hmm. less like stressful to, to first of all, wait second of all know that there's a husband out there and you're waiting for him or go through the motions of wow I've been waiting is there a husband there out for me like so how do you that's a horrible way to word the question but how would you like how do you work through that how can you wait well without acting like you're waiting right yes that's exactly how do you wait well without like you're like slipping god a sticky note and saying I don't want a husband but I do (laughs) like you know like Wink, wink. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's a good question. So two things. I think one, uh, God said this to me once and I was like, whoa, he said, patience is not as much about the time as it is about trust. Mm -hmm. I think it's waiting well in the way of, because you rarely know how long you're going to have to wait. So, you you know, I think there's times where, you know, you think about it like a restaurant, right? You see a bunch of people in the restaurant and you order some food and you're like, I'm probably going to be waiting like an hour for my food. And then maybe it comes like, you know, you go to a Mexican restaurant and your tacos are there two minutes later. And you're like, what? I didn't think it was going to take that, you know, but you have this full trust that they're actually going to bring you food. Like you're, you have this full confidence. I am getting my tacos today and it's going to happen. <laughs> so I think that's waiting with expectation, um, you know, and trusting that that's actually going to be fulfilled. It's going to be brought forward. And it's harder when it's a lot bigger than tacos for what yeah. you're for. <laughs> but um, I think the other thing is I think about it. I love, I, I'm such a fairy tale person at heart. And I love in the Tangled movie with Rapunzel, she didn't even realize that she was like waiting, but she kind of did when she was waiting to go to the lanterns for her birthday. And I thought about the beginning scenes of what she did every day. And she didn't sit like in the original grim fairy tale where she was like sad and also brush her hair and that was it. Instead, she was painting the castle. She was making pies. She was teaching her little lizard friend how to talk, you know, like all these different things. And she was cultivating a life of beauty all in the while while she was waiting for this ultimate hope that she had that she didn't even know she was going to get to do, but she had this ultimate hope and dream that she was going to get to go see this lantern. And that inspired me a lot. Because I was like, man, what can I do in the meantime that's in the will of God, that's in accordance with God, that I'm in prayer, like, hey, Lord, do I have your permission on this? But what are projects, what are things that I can be doing? What are friendships I can be cultivating? Because when you get married, you, st- you still need friends. You still need your gal friends, you know? Yeah. 
So I think really like investing in those, investing in your church, investing in your relationship with God, but investing in things that just make you happy too, you know, hobbies and projects and things like that. Um, And it's not that you are totally forgetting about the desire that you have to be married, but you are looking, hey, I'm really cultivating beauty around me while I'm waiting. Well, I think if you don't, then you're risking idolizing waiting, right? Mm. If all we think about is waiting, waiting, and I've got to wait and do this waiting thing well, then our focus is on the waiting, not in the life that we are to be living right now. Mm-hmm. And so um, one thing I, I picture, this is my this is my really practical side coming forth, okay? And maybe I'm speaking to the moms. Maybe I'm speaking to the daughters. Um, I don't think I could tell my daughters, you need to start today on this day to pray for your future husband, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. I think that when they feel that longing to pray for their husband, they will. Now, as a mom, I will be praying for my children's future husband, you know, really from their infancy. And so I think that's our job as moms to be praying for that future generation and that relationship from the very first moment. Now, when my daughters want to start praying for their spouse, and as they do, I do think there are some fun things we could do to to help them, encourage them, and then uplift them in that, I am imagining like even a shoebox because you said, Kelly, you know, sometimes, you know, you got a posty note, sometimes you got a journal, sometimes, you know, you may have been daydreaming at an event and you have a little thing you've scratched off on a piece of paper. But if we provided a special little place and maybe then that would help wait, help our daughters to wait better. Um, and they happen to have this shoebox in the back of their closet. It's not on a shelf where they focus on it every day. Like every day you must write a letter to your husband in the, for mm-hmm. the future, but to just say, you know, every now and then, um, I have a little thought, I have a little prayer. I'm going to write it down and dig out in the back of the closet. We know the shoebox is there, but it is not in the forefront of our minds. If that makes any sense. No, I love that. I love that a lot. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I actually, so I have mine are in a shoebox, but the shoebox is in this like little leather suitcase that I got from a yard sale. It was a really fun day with my dad and it was like a vintage Samsonite suitcase. And I have this little joke that when I get married, I'm going to say this is the only baggage I'm bringing into our marriage. Um, (laughs) cause that's actually like, I actually want to, you know, like, and so I, I have the shoebox in that, so it's not to get destroyed and stuff. So I love that, but it's under my bed, you know, so I'm not thinking about it every day. I only think about it if I feel led to write a letter, if the Lord puts it on my heart or I'm vacuuming. So I like that. Callie, I think you might need to keep this book a little bit of a secret and maybe not let a future boyfriend see it because it is perfect cliff notes for somebody who's like, oh, I know Callie wrote this book and uh, I'm going to go study up on the book she wrote because I'm planning on being her future husband. Have you ever thought of that? Yeah, (laughs) that was part of the reluctancy to write it. (laughs) I I bet. But I'm so grateful. And and just as Ruthie said, you know, God did fulfill such a desire of my heart in writing this. And I am immensely, deeply, deeply grateful that I had this opportunity to write it. So I don't want to sound ungrateful. Yeah. I have thought about that. So what I did was with that, I handed that off to the Lord. And I said, Lord, um, I pray that you will artfully, as only you can do, handle the promotion and understanding of, of what a man would see and know and have an understanding because, you know, as to artfully handle it. So I don't know, you know, that would be kind of funny if he got it and read it and whatever else, but, um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to find out. (laughs) Well, the good news is there's probably not a lot of guys reading books about praying for the future husband. So, you know, you're probably pretty safe. Unless he's talking my Instagram a little too hard, but I guess we'll find out. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been working on this book for a while. Do you have any other projects that you're working on right now? I do. Um, I actually got inspired over the winter to start a new book um, that I'm kind of toying around with still. It's it's going to my heart. It's just um, a book about being authentically yourself, quirks and all, um, mm-hmm. and kind of stepping into that. And then 
also working a little bit. I've been doing a radio. I've been a radio commentator for a six month project uh, with a guy in California that I've really been enjoying. And he suggested that I start my own podcast. And so that has been something I've been in prayer about about um, starting a podcast and specifically what the Lord wants it to be. I had a podcast years ago that was a little more faith-based and I'm kind of thinking about starting a new one, but I don't know quite what it's going to be quite yet. Okay. We're going to be looking for that. And uh, when it comes out, you let me know. In the meantime, I'm going to direct everybody to the show notes where they're going to be able to find your website and your socials and all that. So would you tell us what those are? And I will put them in the, I will link them in. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, probably the best way to contact me would either be my website, kellylogan.com. That's Kelly with a C and a Y. Um, or uh, on Instagram. I'm, I'm primarily on there um, kind of for media and stuff. I do have the Facebook and, and Twitter um, and all of that, but I, I like doing Instagram things. So those are probably the best ways to um, connect with me. And I love getting messages with people, just even just how to pray for people. I'm a big prayer warrior. So I, I love hearing from people with, you know, their different things. And I, I try my best to get back to them. Um, and you can also connect with me. I am a writer for crosswalk.com. So I have a lot of people who will go on their website and read articles and things like that. that um, I do. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Also in the show notes, I'm going to link that episode that you have previously recorded with me. Can't remember the number of it right now, but I will put that there as well. So Kelly, would you mind just praying for our listeners, both the moms and the young ladies who've joined us today? I would love that. And thank you all so much. And thank you girls. It was so nice to meet you guys and to connect with you. Um, I'm going to be praying for you guys. I, I love it. So Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these listeners and these hearts and these minds that are running after you. Father, you are a good father. You know, the things that we need and the things that we desire, and we just place them before you. You are trusted to carry each and every one of our hearts. And Lord, I also want to pray for the future spouses of the young ladies who are listening or the future spouses, or I guess, son-in-laws <laughs> for the women listening. I just pray that you would guide them to be strong men after your own heart. Thank you, Lord, that you are authoring each and every one of our stories. Help us to have hearts of compassion and hearts of obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us here today, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today, and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true.